Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier. In this episode, I sit down with veteran real estate agent, Melissa Greer from Greensboro, North Carolina. Now, Melissa consistently sells 100 plus properties every single year. You know, Melissa has ranked within the top 10 in the US in 2017 and in 2018, as well as earning the Chairman Circle Diamond Award, which is the top one half the top 1% of Berkshire Home Services nationwide, and she did that in 2014. So stay tuned to learn how to become one of the best real estate agents in the entire country. Have you ever wondered why some people thrive in all areas of their life? Welcome to the Peak Results Academy podcast with your host, Rich Fournier. Each week, we interview industry experts who consistently dominate in the fields of health, business, and beyond. Our mission is to share their personal struggles and strategies so that you can create your own peak results. Hey, everybody, Rich Fournier here for the Peak Results Academy podcast. I'm your host, Rich Fournier, of course, and today, super excited to have a top, top, national producer with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Melissa Greer. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Good Super morning. Good to have you today. Like you, um, you're producing at a level um, that most people can only dream of producing at. And so thank you kindly for taking some time with us today. Greensboro, North Carolina, is that correct? That is correct. Have you been here to visit us? We've done some golfing down there. Up from you know, we're up here in Toronto, and uh, we're nice and warm today. But six months of the year, we're a little cold, so we like mm-hmm. to get down there when we can. Well, Who knows? We're going to get back to the U.S. We may never get back into the U.S. Yeah, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's working right now. But no, we live in. It's a well kept secret. We actually are a city of about I don't know three hundred thousand people in the middle of North Carolina, but very close to our big cities, but we just have a great quality of life here. So it helps. It's, it helps. It's easy to be successful in a city like this because people want to move here. Oh, I think you're being uh, humble. So let's get into the, the, the shameless self-promotion. No, but oh I, my goodness. I, no, I genuinely want to know. I, like, I really want to know. I mean, last year, if my numbers are correct, Melissa, you were at 140 transactions as an individual agent. Well, actually, that was 2018. Last year, I was at 157. 157. Oh, my God. And I'm not good at the shameless self-promotion at all. So that's hard for me to say. But, yes, I was at 157 in 2019. In 2018, I did 140. And when I say I, I do have a really incredible support staff. So I would never want anyone to think that one individual could do that alone because I have um, about four full-time people that – work for me and help me, you know, stage and sometimes, you know, do all sorts of administrative and just basically help run my business. So I try and surround myself with people who are good at what I'm not good at and that helps. But no, we, and then the year before I think is 133. So some, you know, we've been doing, I don't really know how that happened, honestly, but it's a lot of work. (laughs) Thank you for being so honest. You know, we're, Real estate is a lot of work. I think real estate, if you can do well at real estate, it's, it's an MBA times two PhD level in business. I mean, you've got to juggle so many hats. Yeah, that's pretty good for an English major slash waitress. I was reading your bio actually just like before we got started. But no, it's a great job. If you're passionate about it, it's great because it doesn't matter. You want to work hard. You want My whole focus is, is making people happy and 
helping them really find their home because I put a home in something that means so much to me. So I know when we're dealing with people and they're looking for something that means so much to them, it's going to be their center. I take that seriously and I love doing it. So I don't know. I always tell people, I'm not sure I'd be good at commercial, but if you wanted to offer me a job, I'd definitely consider it. <laughs> depends on the offer, but I do love the residential, the heart based aspect of it. So that's amazing. So how does someone as an English major go on to be in the top half percent in Berkshire Hathaway across the country? Well, I'm not really sure. <laughs> That's a good question. This started the beginning, right? Okay. So I think your mom was in the business. Yes, actually. So when I um, I'm the youngest of five, my mother was probably one of the top realtors. Still, people talk about her and respect her. She's unfortunately no longer with us, but she was an incredible mentor. I'm the youngest. Four of my brothers and sisters are realtors too, including me. So um, my I'm the, my oldest sister, Tony, she's one of the corporate people in charge of Berkshire Hathaway, Georgia. So she's quite successful. They all are. When you're the youngest of five and they're all successful, you push yourself because it's a lot to deal with and compete with if you want and, and live up to. My brothers and sisters are amazing. So I was following in a, a line where I didn't have a whole lot of opportunity to do anything but be successful. So, right, because yeah. Christmas dinner may be difficult. Well, I didn't want to be that person. <laughs> so, no, but, you know, it's interesting. I had so much, my mother and I had a special relationship, and I think I grew up wanting to be just like her. And so that probably is part of it, too. I just, you know, I, I felt like that you know, what I, an English degree is something you get when you go and say, well, what can I major in and still graduate on time? <laughs> so, I mean, and I like to read, so that was it. But, no, I just really... Thought I fell into this career early on, and I do feel fortunate because a lot of people it takes them a while to find their passion. But I just have loved it. Did you um, grow up in your community, or is it a? New I did. I actually grew up right here, and that helps because you know, even though the area has changed, you know the area really well. Um, and then, so now I tour people around for companies when they're trying to hire people here, and. And it's it, and of course our city has grown quite a bit and it's very vibrant. Our post COVID is going. We were just getting ready to open up uh, an amazing performing arts center, and so all that is still a little delayed. But we're excited that in probably six months to a year we'll be back on track. So no, but it's just it, it's a great city to live in. I went to college in Chapel Hill. I'll give a plug out to the Tar Hills, but but um, I've only lived there and here. So. I'm a basketball fan, so. Oh, well, then you know all about, you know all about the Tar Heels. Don't judge me if you don't like them. I just graduated from there. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into the granular. So, of course, this podcast is about creating, like, a peak result in someone's business. Like, why, why is, did Melissa create such a peak result? Um, and what is that magic sauce? She must have a magic book that no one else has, like, you know, she must have something special that no one else has. And that's, I'm not being facetious because people look at people that produce at a high level and they're like, well, they must have, have had major help. They must have had a database given to them. They, they, you know, they must get secret deals from the companies that no one else can get. Right. So can we get those? Right. Can I have some of those? (laughs) I need to know how to get those. (laughs) So I really do want to figure out, Melissa, what enabled you, to produce at such a high level. And if we can get a little granular about that, 
there's something about you that's common in other people who are producing that level. I'm trying to figure out what that is, Melissa. Well, I mean, I do think when we were just talking before we did this, that whole feeling that you always wake up every day trying to find a better way to do something or a better, a more successful way. I really do wake up. I, I always want to improve myself. I never feel like I've gotten to the peak. And maybe that's a, that's a good word to use with your podcast. But if you ever feel like you've gotten to your peak, something's going to bring you down and you'll have to climb back up. So I always am looking for new ways to do things. I'm open to learning from anyone. I never really think that I know it all. I do know that I'm sincere about what I do and my care and compassion for my clients. I want, I'm driven by wanting them to be happy. That's how it works for me because that's what drives me. And I, but I think you can be successful in other ways. I really do. I think the way I do it isn't necessarily the only way, but I don't know how you could be, I don't, well, it takes a lot of time and energy and work to, to be at this level. And I don't know how you could spend that much time doing something if you didn't care and have some level of um, care about what you were doing or passion. So I think that's the key to me, or that's my key. I'll be honest with you. Everyone that I've interviewed so far, there's quite a few, quite a few people now across the country, across Canada, across the United States. Some are driven to be the best. Like really driven to be the, the, you know, the best in their space. But the majority, the far whelming, overwhelming majority love what they do. Yeah. Love it. They just love getting up every day, communicating with people about how to buy and sell a piece of property and what's important to them. Do you do mostly, when you do these interviews, are they all in the real estate industry? I mean, I heard a couple, but you've got some other ones too. So that's yeah. interesting to see successful people in different professions and what that sounds like. You have to be passionate about it. You yeah, you know, we, so we've had people, um, we've had some major producers in the network marketing industry. Uh, I'm not in network marketing, by the way. Um, and because I was always intrigued at, at production and be able to galvanize thousands of people in a common cause. So that was super interesting to me. Um, we've had some Olympians on the show. Um, and there is a real common, it's really, I mean, we're, I think Tony Robbins said it best. We're either driven by inspiration or desperation. And some of us are, you know, originally getting into the game of real estate because we're inspired because we like granite. And then we fail miserably. And then we run out of desperation because we need the money and, uh, and so on and so forth. But the majority, the overwhelming majority of people really love what they do. And it's not, it doesn't feel like work to them, even though some days are challenging. Um, and the reason why I like the real estate space and interviewing people in the real estate space is that if um, a person who's listening to the podcast and who's not in real estate, they have to understand that to be in real estate, you have to be everything. You do. <laughs> like, that is true. It's an extraordinary, crazy, insane, frustratingly annoying and exhilarating business because you better be good at marketing, branding, communication, high IQ. You have to know your data. You have to know your market. You have to be competitive. You have to understand what's happening in the interest rate market. Like there's so many moving aspects of it, never mind the business, but a particular deal. And then to juggle 150 odd deals in a year, all with different personalities, egos, greed, fear, money, clauses, lawyers, Oh my God. It's, it, it, I mean, yeah. it, 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 you have to be, you have to be a good judge of 
how to deal with different kinds of people. And you have, that's one thing that I've heard I'm good at. And I feel like I am is I'm very adaptable. I can meet someone and know, figure out how best to communicate. And I enjoy that. I enjoy trying to figure out what's the best way to reach a common goal with this person or how would they most want to talk to me or what, what resonates with them? How, you know, but I feel like we do in our business, we have to be the calm in the storm. So it's the biggest thing most of these people invest in and buy and sell. So you've got to be, give them confidence that they can, you can navigate them through the process. Absolutely. If we can get into your, you know, the granular sub parts of your business. So your business, I mean, I'm assuming most of it is resale. It is actually, that's a good assumption. Yes. I like general brokerage. I find, I do a lot with historic homes. I'm a luxury market. Um, I'm certified to do that. I like first time home buyers because they are so appreciative. <laughs> you right. know? And it's just fun. And when I started doing this right out of college, so that's all I did for a while. But, um, I love listings and marketing. I do surround myself with people who are really good at those things because I'm, I'm not a big believer. I can be great at anything other than I love to meet clients and develop my business and navigate them through the process. But it takes a lot of really talented people to help you do that. And I just try and surround myself because that makes me look good to have them available. And so you, you really do have to realize that you can't do it all either. You know, you just find... I always feel like find the best attorney or one of the best use use people that will will represent your brand really well. And of course, the marketing people I use, I think they're wonderful. I use a local company in Greensboro called Tiger Moth, and they're just here in our downtown. And I'm the only eight realtor they do, so it really has helped me be a little bit different with my branding, which I like. And I like they they like to tell stories. And I do that with my houses when I'm selling them, is especially historic ones. I love to tell a story about a house people connect with it. So, and they, they do that with their clients. And so that's the things they've helped me. My photographers taught me so much. You've got to be willing to learn from others and then you just keep going and being good at what you're good at. That's right. I think you're right. Stories tell. Yeah. Stories are the most powerful mechanism on the planet. You tell a good story, you change someone's life. <clears throat> Let me talk to you a little bit about your business and how do you, how do you get your clients? I hate to use get. How do you acquire new relationships and how do you, you know, and how does that work for you? Do you spend a lot of money on advertising? Do you? I do. <laughs> I think you have to spend money to make money. No, Especially on the listing side, right? Pardon? Especially on the listing side. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of listings, especially luxury listings, I have a few thousand invested in it before we ever put it on the market because you have to do it right. I mean, I don't ever want to take a job or get hired for a job and not do a good job. So to get it to where I feel comfortable, we do a lot of staging. We do a lot of preparation. We take our time doing really top quality videos, Matterport tours and all that so that by the time, and I even upgrade my brochures for different things, but even any price point, we do a nice brochure. Even though the world's a little bit internet driven, I always have nice um, information in my listings to validate them. It's a little old school, but I like to mix it up. I like to, I like to stay relevant, but also keep a little bit of what's worked for years. Um, but no, so yes, it's, you've got to invest a lot of money, but then it comes back. 
whatever you give out will come back. And, and that's, I'm a big believer in that. Sometimes during recessions or whatever, I purposely try and buy something because I feel like if I throw that out in the universe, it's going to come back. You want to support other people who are walking your path at the time. And then it turns out it comes back to support you, I think. But you know, everybody's got a different plan. That's just how, that's how I do it. So developing a new business is a lot of mine's referral now. I mean, from people I've worked with before, a lot of it does come from the marketing that this company does for me. And just um, basically, I'm very involved in this community. I do a lot of nonprofit because the community has been really good to me, supported my business for 30 some years. So I love to give back and I enjoy that aspect of it. So, and, and, it, and it, I don't do that to develop business, but I get business from that. So um, you're, you're right though. When you do something, when you create space, the, right. the, the universe abhors a vacuum. So it will rush in to fill that space. Right. right? I agree. When you look at when you first got started in this business, um, what gave you the confidence or the mindset or the belief that you could make a great living in this business? Because we're so many people, Melissa, yeah. so many fail, so many. 90% churn rate in our business. Well, and that takes time. I can't tell you I started at 22 years old and thought, wow, I'm going to be great at this. But, I mean, but no, I, I did have... My mother was a great realtor. I saw my old, my sisters, both of them were just are amazing realtors. And so I saw that it, it could be done. Um, did I think, I, I mean, I wanted to do well. My mother, part of what she does, did for us is always said, you can do anything you want. You can do anything you want. Don't get, don't get in your own way. Other people may try and get in your way. Don't you get in your own way. So I, I was raised like that, but then, no, when I first got in real estate, I didn't sell a house for six months or eight months. I was, I was broke and just had the worst attitude. And my mother came up to me one day and she said, I need, to, I need to talk to you for a minute. She said, you have the worst attitude. You're not selling a thing. And she said, I'm going to ask you something. And she bought me a mirror that I put at my desk. And she said, when you're on the phone, smile. And she said, do this for 30 days with a great attitude and give it everything you've got. And if you don't do better, I'll help you find another job. <laughs> and so, and I did so much in that month, it changed my life a little bit. So, I mean, so, that, that's a big, that was a big turning point. Well, let's, let, can we just delve into that for a moment in time? So you were raised in an environment of a mom who was positive and, and who had a good attitude and who was doing very well in the game. Um, do you think that it's because you really didn't want to do it or you didn't have confidence in yourself or you were kind of lazy at the time? Like, well, like what happened those first six, seven months? Well, I don't, I don't think I've ever been lazy. I probably would want to be lazy, but I wasn't given that option. Right, right. Right. But, yeah, I'm not but I think, trying to get I think what it was is I, I just didn't have the confidence. I mean, I can't, I didn't have the confidence. I didn't. And I think that when you, when you get into an industry and that's what I've learned so much is, doing it from the time I was 22 years old. I can't even imagine at 22 doing this now. I admire these young agents who are out there just doing amazing things. But I do think that to have confidence at that age is tough, especially when you're dealing with something like someone, a big investment. So I think there was a little part of me that thought, how can I be telling, I've never, I've never bought a house. How can I be telling people how to do it? So, but then once you do it and people show 
you that they appreciate what you've done. Right. That gives you the confidence. And that's what ended up being what dropped, what I learned, what drove me was having people satisfied and happy and getting them where they say, thank you so much. I love this. And so then I thought it doesn't really take a lot of skill, skill to just try and take care of people and make them happy. You know, if that's your, if that's your goal, then you, it makes you want to learn all the things that would help them. It makes you want to be at the top of your game because you want to be able to negotiate strong for your people. So if you're driven by pleasing others, you're going to fine tune your skill set so that it helps you do that. And that's what it, but it was gradual. It didn't happen overnight. I mean, I did as a young person, I was, I did end up being very successful when I worked for my mother because, and I'm glad because she could, I would hate to have reached this point and her not have seen some of it, but she wouldn't believe this. I mean, I don't know. I have people all the time who say, don't you think your mother's proud enough of you? Do you want to slow down a little bit? And I said, I just think if she were here, she'd say, what else can you do? You know, what else can you do? This is fine, but let's see what else you can do. And that's how, and so whether that's good or bad, that's what drives me. So when you look at your career today, what else could you do? Well, I don't know. I, you know, I don't really know. I've got all sorts of ideas. Is yeah. that part of your process every day? Oh. In the morning say, you know, what am I doing today to make my day better? Well, and that's the thing is I, lo I love what I do every day. I do. I mean, some days are better than others, of course. There's no, there's no utopia here. I wish there was. But, um, but no, I do always think, gosh, wouldn't it be cool to do this? Or if I could figure out how to do this, it's a different level of the business, but maybe I could partner with these people and do this. So I'm always thinking of that. I always want, I always am trying to evolve into something new. I mean, I just started a podcast myself this year and that was one of the things I didn't, I'm going to have you on mine, but that's the thing is it's, um, I'm going to plug it real quick. Melissa unscripted Apple, Spotify, whatever. But I mean, the thing is very short, fun, nothing, not, not as, wonderful as this one <laughs> it's a little entertaining but it's about real estate but um but i will say that even that is something new that i'm enjoying doing quite a bit and it's leading me to other things so i don't know what i'll do i mean i really don't i had um and of course you know our our world state right now changes what you're doing because my, i could have all sorts of plans of doing all sorts of things and at the end of the day we're just getting day to day through a horrible time in our country, horrible time in our state and in the world. And we've got to, and I'm trying to treat that with compassion and also be there for my clients because anybody buying or selling right now, there's a lot more anxiety with it. There's, there's a lot that they're going through. There are different ways we do it. And we we're trying to do everything, especially in mouths. We try to do everything right, but it is, it's a whole different level now. So I agree with you. Melissa, this is, this question has popped in my head. I was talking with someone before I was, um, before our conversation and do you believe given the current state of where we're at in the marketplace today, should someone have a backup income strategy if they're in the game of real estate? Um, well, you know, I think it's a good idea to have a backup income strategy anyway, whether you're in real estate, not, but I also am not a big believer that you can be great at so many jobs. But I think what I've tried to do in the past few years is think of ways I could establish passive income because every industry is going to change, but people always need shelter. They're always going to need a home. They're always going to move. 
there'll be needs. They'll be up and down and different, you know, levels of it. But I don't know. I'm, I love, I love real estate in my career so much thinking of doing anything else that wasn't related to it. I can't really wrap my head around that, but do I think that you should try and develop different ways other than actually being able to go out and show houses and list houses? Absolutely. Always. I mean, because whether it's recruiting people to come to your company or thinking of referrals that you can send to other agents, which sometimes we focus so much on our day to day, we don't think, Oh, well that would send in referrals would be, I just give a name and make sure I give it to the right person. And that's another passive income that I don't work really hard for. So those are the kind of things I think about, but yeah, it makes I mean, a lot of sense. It's something I think COVID has, I think it was a shock to the system. And I think that whenever, whatever industry you're in and you're creating a peak result in your business, I think it is important to look around. How do I create another stream of income that is, that is not based on me buying or selling a piece of property for a client? Yeah. I mean, I think that's wise anyway. I've been, so I've done this after 9-11. I've done it through the last recession. So when you see the ups and the downs, you think, okay, so how could I do this? Am I a new agent that could help an established agent during a hard time and get paid for that? You know, there are different ways to look at it. And then, I mean, I think you always want to think about that because you want the whole key to what my mother said to me when I was about to get fired, I think, is your attitude's everything. And if your business is not what you want it to be, it's really hard to keep your attitude up. So preparing for slower times, knowing that you can weather them and you've got a plan, it helps you weather them in with a really good positive attitude, which I think is key for success in any business. In any business. If you were to um, mentor an agent today, somebody brand new in, in our industry, what three pieces of advice could you give them today? Don't work with dollar signs. Okay. Okay. Focus on and listen to what your client wants and needs, but also don't lose your ability to advise them and help them in ways they may not know. I think right now with Zillow and everything, a lot of agents just let the client say, here, show us this. And I find that if I do it old school where I'll search for houses for them, you may connect them with things they'd never think about. So I always say, you know, don't just do your internet thing. Really try and get to know your clients and help them and just communicate well and on, with agents and clients. We're right. always work on relationships being good with those people because play well with others and you'll, you'll be in this career for a long time. And those are three things I've tried to do. It's really not just because sometimes you think the clients come and go, but that, you know, your peers are with you and you want the agents to respect you and want to work with you. And I know that I I try really hard to do that when I can. And I've done it my whole career because you want to, you know, it makes you last in this business and, and that's it. And then I'll add a fourth is, Always make sure, even if it's subtle, that everyone knows what you do for a living. You know, it, does, it doesn't matter if I do, if I'm doing a work on a board for a nonprofit, I use my work email address. And, you know, it's a subtle way to say, okay, you know, I'm not here to sell you houses, but this is what I do. You don't want it to be a secret in our business. You want people to think about real estate and think about you. And that, that's a really important thing. A lot of agents are secret agents. 
Yeah, they don't they don't want people to know what they do. I I almost think to achieve a really huge level of success, it has to be your identity. It has to be when people think of you, they think of of a realtor that that's what you do. And and that's what I've tried to do more so, you know, with marketing, but also it's just after a while if you if you do it long enough, that's your identity anyway. So. That's right. There's a concept called be do have. Be the person you want to be, but be that person today. Yeah. Once you're that person, then you will do the things that that person does, and then you will have what that person has. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like um, I have my staff, and usually the people who work for me are, are young. <laughs> because, I mean, I, I like that. I think I like to surround myself with energy and learn from them. But the dress code is so challenging sometimes <laughs> because – you know, so I always say you need to dress for the job you want. Dress. Like, think about who do you want to work with? What level do you want to be? Who who do you want your clients to be? And how would they dress? You know, for the most part. I mean, dress for whatever you want. And I think that's so important. It doesn't mean you have to always. I mean, I'm I'm very, if you met me, I'm very laid back. I'm not, I'm not, I, I try and, I don't want to be, I kind of fly under the radar. I want my clients to be more front and center and I'm just there to help them. But you still have to have some level of professionalism, some level of this is what, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to wear jeans to work every day, there'll be nice ones. You know, there'll be, there'll be something that someone would recognize that. Yes. I'm, it's like anything else. You don't want to have the, the most expensive car. You want to look like you need to make a sale, but you also need to look successful. You know, it's kind of a, it's a happy medium. I agree with that very much. So um, can we go into the online space for a few minutes? Sure. Um, do you generate a lot of business online or is it, is it the majority, you know, repeat referral inside of your, your, your environment? Well, I mean, my, we call it here a sphere of influence. And, you know, most of my business comes from that, whether it's companies I have relationships with, universities, former clients. but I do get a lot of online leads. I'm a big believer. I'm a Zillow premier agent. I know I, I, when the public supports something, we should. I mean, that just goes hand in hand. You can't just say, oh, well, that's not a good thing. If the public likes it, we have to figure out how to work with that. And I've done that. But also, I'm on, you know, I find Instagram and having someone professional do your marketing, social media, my Instagram account, my business, Facebook, LinkedIn. I get a lot of, you know, I get a lot of leverage there and, and a lot of exposure for my listings. We do a lot of boosting, get a lot of hits. And I think that that's a big thing, especially this year. It's been when people are home, they're on, they're on social media. So we, we've amped up our social media a little bit and pushed the podcast out, which is a great, been a great time to do it, as you probably know, because more people are at their computers or sitting at home or doing things. So that's, that's basically, and I'm a big believer in, a strong social media platform for any realtor because people, how many times do you get on it? You have to think we really need to be present in a very impartial way. <laughs> like I put people, to, I put houses, I, nice quotes, my dog, but you don't, you know, you want to be the people will do business with people they like. So you need to appeal to everyone. And that's another thing. So on my social media, we just have tried to really be present very you know supportive of what everyone's going through right now because sometimes people need that but also throw our houses out show that we're still in business and houses are selling 
and that's it's all a good it's a good promotion for you and just our business in general when things are a little bit off kilter if you were to start today would you join a team or would you be an individual agent that is a great question that I think about a lot because teams did not exist when I got into real estate and I've struggled with the idea I'm not a team but I have a support team but I have I don't know it's interesting I, I think that if I started right now, if the economy's good, I wouldn't worry about it either way. If we were heading into something where I thought the economy might be challenging, I would join a team. Got it. Okay, good advice. I'm really intrigued because the level of your production, um, 157 deals, four admin staff? Pardon? Four admin staff? Let's see, I have, yes, I have four, and then I mentor new agents and sometimes they help me do things too. So, I mean, I have a kind of, I have a different setup. It's a structure where I've got four full-time employees who work for me, but, but I also mentor new agents and pay them transactionally if I need it. So. If you need it. Okay. And that's a good way too to give back for, for experienced agents is to really, because real estate is an apprentice job. I mean, I learned from watching people do it and, listening to how they talk to people, what they say and all that. So I, I always say the best thing you can learn on how to be successful in real estate is not necessarily in licensing class or all that. I mean, it's really finding agents that do it well and following them around and helping them. So there's a good answer for the team is if you associate yourself with someone that you respect and you think you have a similar value system, then I think that you would be, it would be great because that may be that if you, especially if you find one that's about worn out, you, you know, you never know that might be an opportunity for you to take over their business in the future. Because most agents, when they get to a point where they retire, they can, they'll sell their business or give it as a referral and stay involved in it. But so, I mean, that's a great way for new agents to get a foot in the door. I agree with you completely. I've only heard of it a couple times of working because agents will hold on for oh, yeah ever if they've been in the business for a while oh, yeah. I don't want to lose anything I don't want to lose anything I don't want to lose anything and when you look at it our industry and there's um, a mindset that it require that people require to be to be at a certain level emotionally to be able to act consistently in their business today what do you do to keep your mindset so strong well I'm a, I'm a big believer like I don't know if you've heard of guy John Gordon he wrote these books the energy bus and all that and anytime I find myself getting down about anything, I already, like you see, when I'm sitting, I straighten up. Like I really do like mindset, try and walk, you know, stand as tall as possible. Like I love giraffes. I love giraffes because I think they stand tall, they look out, they see it and they, they're graceful. And, you know, they may have a little bit more info than we do because they're taller, but I just love that. And I think with anything else, you just have to stay so positive and just, know that i mean i believe you treat people the way you want to be treated you want to be a person that people respect and you want to do things right and i just do it every day and if i find myself feeling a little bit negative like i have a no negativity rule in my office i tell my staff every listing we list is the prettiest house every client we have is the nicest we cannot i said if you want to go out of this office and talk bad about anybody including me just do it, but don't ever let me know. <laughs> because I always want us all to be just positive. I'm an energy person. I think 
you don't let one bit of negativity get in your brain or say it. So, and it works. It really does. I mean, I just say, don't say, it almost makes me anxious when I hear someone say something negative about one of my lips. I said, no, don't say anything negative about that. We're going to be positive and focus on the outcome being good. So, I mean, that's what you just, it takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to do that, but it really makes a huge difference in your entire life. I think as well, I mean, there's something called the law of assumption, right? Yeah. yeah. We assume is what creates in front of me. Oh, yeah. Right. But I think that, you know, and I love this. It's like someone asked me one time, well, why do you choose not to be negative about anything? And I said, well, I mean, I'm sure there are times where I could be negative, but if I have the option, isn't positive better? I mean, if we can't change it, if I have an option to look at something optimistically rather than thinking, oh, that's all. I mean, it's so much better. It's, there's a better, way better chance that it's going to be a positive outcome for you and for them. So I agree with you. You can either believe in faith or fear. Either one, right. you have to believe in the unseen. Yeah, I love that. I've been actually studying that comparison lately, faith over fear, and, and it's just a choice. You, you, either one you choose, you'll, you're going to have, it'll determine your outcome, but in any situation, you just, I mean, that's a, that is a simple thing. And I never got it till like, that's so funny you said that. Literally two or three weeks ago, I read about that a lot. And I loved it. The last person on my podcast, which was a little, this shows you my life's an open book. And, I, and I'm even, is my counselor who specializes in anxiety. Cause I thought during COVID it'd be nice to have his perspective and um, just what he has done to help me. And we talked a lot about the faith, you know, having faith. Fear just comes because you don't have control and you don't know what the outcome is. If you have faith that it's going to be the best outcome, and you don't have to be afraid of anything. You just move on to something else and do your best. But it's interesting. I mean, it's all, a lot of it is you, we have so much more control than we think we do. I always remember that just don't let, don't stand in your way. Just do, do as much as you can do. It's, but, you know, don't think it's all part, you know, you're not, every day is not going to be perfect. 100%. That's, that's the other thing is having that expectation. You're setting yourself up. I mean, right. you're going to have a highs and lows, but you just got to get through it. Almost, I've learned to observe rather than jump in or walk away. I stay, I stay present. I don't get too chaotic and I don't ignore anything going on that could be hard. And if you just practice that too, I mean, I've learned, I, that's the thing is I learned all these things recently. I never, I never stopped thinking I can't figure out a better way to, live and and do things and serve like my clients my takeaway so far is that you gotta love what you do gotta love you gotta love serving Mm -hmm. people right that's your inspiration secondly you have to live in faith right because this business can be it has its ups and its downs prepare for the future do everything you possibly can do every single day for your client right that's it simple sounds pretty simple it is simple but for some people, really hard to act upon. Right. Well, and that's the thing is that's where you do attack. That's why I say to any agents, especially ones going through any tough time right now, attach to someone who can help you. People love to help people. Right. If someone comes up to me and says, I need your help, I mean, not stop everything to do that because it's, it's an immediate thing. So people want to help and mentor. And, I, you know, I think that's the thing is just always try and find someone that can help move you in a better direction if you can't do it for yourself. That's right. But this has been great. I appreciate, 
I'm so excited to meet you. I, I listened to a lot of your things and I thought, your energy is great. I told you that before. I'm not just saying that for the crowd here. But no, it's great. And I appreciate you, what you're being on. Like, you, like, really, like you are in, I mean, I feel like I'm in rarefied air interviewing producers that are producing at a level that's really unheard of, right? So here in Canada, like I don't, I don't know, I know one agent who I interviewed from Remax, um, west of our west of toronto who operates kind of like you he's a listing agent by himself um and and with an admin team i don't know anyone else who's operating like this up here like you like where you guys are and i mean because what you've done is you're breaking a four minute mile for me in the game right to do Mm -hmm. 50 75 transactions up here on it as an individual is rare and hard but when i hear people like you doing it doubling those numbers maybe i need to change my belief system about what's possible so thank you very much for showing me that there is a new possibility oh you're welcome there definitely is i never thought i would be doing this and it just you keep after a while you can't even focus on the numbers that much like my assistant tells me what our numbers are i don't uh, yeah if you ask me right now what we were a year today i would have no idea but she loves it so she's keeping up with it and it, it's interesting to me because i think we're we're set we're ahead of last year right now wow. so i don't know how we'll end up but i think she told me she told me last week we're in the 80s already so that's that's during covid that just shows you having the right people and having the right attitude. I mean, it, we're so fortunate right now, but we'll see. We'll see. But no, it's been great. And listen, I'm going to get you on my podcast. Thank you. Well, I appreciate you. And I, I appreciate the time that you gave us today, Melissa, because once you give your time, you can never get it back. You well, are my pleasure. You're serving people right now. Trust me. People are going to take some information from you. They're going to apply it in their lives and their business, and it's going to change their lives. So thank you so much. Thank you, and it's great meeting you. Take care. Have a good Friday. Thank you. I'm going to get to work. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in to today's show. If you like what you've heard and you're interested in seeing if you are fit to work with Peak Results Academy, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to peakresultsacademy.com slash call. That's peakresultsacademy.com slash call and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, what do you really want out of life and your business? Number two, what is not working for you today? And number three, the exact strategy you should be using to create massive change in these areas. Remember, changing your life and creating massive results does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. We're helping clients all over the world create peak results in their health, in their businesses, and in their personal lives. To see if we can help you do the same, head over to peakresultsacademy.com call. We'll chat soon.